What's up, Roanoke Valley? My name is Travis Schmidt. Welcome back to Beats, Brews, and Buddies. This is my co-host, Jeremy Price. Today, on our beats, we're going to talk about playing in multiple groups. We're going to talk about the difference between uh, being on stage and being the sound guy and what it's like to be professional in both settings with our good buddy, Jake Dempsey, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Hit the button. Hello, Hit hello. Hit the button. All done. All done, button. Jake, welcome to the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm glad to be here. It's We're good to happy have to have you, for sure. Um, so, Jeremy, what are we drinking today? And I'll try to do a little... Uh, you guys are drinking the three-notched IPA. It has a IBU of... What is it, Jake? 20. 20, which is not... It's pretty mellow. It's pretty mellow on the on the hops scale. Minuteman IPA. Minuteman IPA. It's got that, it does have a little hint of orange. Do you taste that, Jake? Yeah. I do it's too. a juicy. It's juicy a juicy IPA. And they're out of Charlottesville, it says, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's cool. Yeah, um, I like everything this brewery does. They make, yeah. They make very good beer. This yeah. is the only one I've had. And mm-hmm. when you said IPA, I, I just went for this one. So, cheers to you, sir. Yeah, Thank cheers. You. Good yeah. choice. Clinkity, clinky, clinkity, clinky. Foley. It's Foley. Jeremy on the on the on the sounds today. <laughs> um, so Jake, I'm gonna read your bio. Jake is a Roanoke, Virginia based bass player, live sound engineer, and recording geek. He currently plays in the floorboards, the dead reckoning. Isaac Hayden project. It's Hadden. 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 I'm sorry. Oh, I Isaac will give no, you shit about no, that. No, I'm so sorry, Isaac Excuse my Hadden. French. Isaac Hadden project. The dark side experience. And various other pickup gigs and projects. You can also find him behind the console at Five Points Music Sanctuary and on various venue and festival stages in the Southeast. In his spare time, he likes to hang out with his kids, wander around in the woods, and cook. So you be there. cooking. I see your Facebook posts. I do be cooking. <laughs> he be cooking. <laughs> I, he be cooking. I be looking. What does it, he cook? What right. do you cook? All kinds. I like. Uh, <clears throat> lately, I've been cooking a lot of Indian food. That's been my jam lately. But mm. I, I Mediterranean food. I like I like to use a smoker. I smoke a lot of stuff. Oh man, that's awesome. My dad just got one of those like smoke eggs or whatever mm-hmm. they're called. Uh green eggs or but it's, yep. his is red. And it's it's fantastic. Yeah, they're the bomb. They're so cool. What uh, what are they called? They have a name. It's um, called a Komodo Joe. Komodo Joe. Komodo Joe. Joe, yeah. But or a big green egg. Big green egg. So we um I played an event probably close to a year ago where it was a cook-off. It was like mm-hmm. a big green egg type cook-off up at, uh, what's the Twin Creeks? Yep. Yeah. It was, it was, I'm like, and I didn't understand the event until I got there. We played. And I went, went around. People were just giving me food. And I'm like, okay. I mean, you, we used to get like, a, you get a, a meal with uh, your gig. And I'm like, oh, oh, this is a cook-off. I didn't yeah. understand. This was a contest. And people just shoving stuff in my mouth. I was like, this is great. Those, those things are great because you can get them up to like 1,000 degrees. And they, so if you really want to like blast something with heat, and there's all sorts okay. of things and ways you can cook with it. We cook mm-hmm. with wood. I mean, yep. I mean, it gives it a smoky like wood, hickory yep. smell and, mm-hmm. and taste. And it's uh, there's some pretty neat stuff out there. Um, well, let's, let's get cooking here. Let's get cooking <laughs> here. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, so I want to know since you you're you're playing with several groups currently, right? Yeah, right now I've got five bands that are playing regularly. Tell us how you tell <clears> me, <throat> tell me because I'm prob- I'm I'm an organizational freak mm-hmm. and uh, it and gives him anxiety just knowing you play with yeah, five. Yeah, and bands. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> how does he do this? So talk to me about that. Um, I am a I have a real propensity uh, uh, for distraction and um, disorganization, <laughs> so I have to be very. Um, deliberate <laughs> about <laughs> organizing things yeah. and um google calendar really helps so all the bands that i play in they share a google calendar and um so if somebody has a date that they're booked you can you can black that date out in the calendar and anybody mm-hmm. in any of the bands that you play with with can look at it and say okay jake's not available that date and we can book things without making a bunch of phone calls. Hey, are you, are you open this date? Are you and waiting for responses? As long as everyone keeps their calendar up. Yeah. You can just book stuff. 
it's beautiful. It is, and it's very it's very organized and really easy. I'm really glad my new group is doing so, that. So yeah, I get I get ish for not having mine completely up to date. I don't really want everybody I knowing to, everything I, just, I do. The stress of um, thinking about being double booked, which I've done plenty of times, is m- enough motivation to, to make me log into that calendar every day. And Isn't I'm that here. like the worst feeling? It's terrible. Yeah, it is. It is the worst feeling being double booked. And yeah, well, it's not nice because you got to break somebody's. Right. Yeah, you got to um, pick and choose. Yeah, and you you have to go through that hierarchy. Of, okay, who got to me first? Who Do I even remember first, yeah. got to me first? Which one's more money? Which and you can act oh. like that question. You don't ask yourself that question. No, you, you do. do. I you just, I just want to avoid that feeling. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. And that's yeah, happened a few that. times to you. Oh yeah. I mean, until <clears throat> I had to really like teach myself to be to <laughs> organize my yeah. time. Yeah. No. It's, um. It's a work of art. You know. Being when I was a kid, they gave me those pills and stuff. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <laughs> was it Ritalin? Yeah. Okay. It was Ritalin. At the, this was like in the eighties. Hey. Uh, you you didn't know pre-show that I was I'm a behavioralist so oh really so yeah so I mean it no was kidding diagnosed ADHD yes there you go and, yeah and he, so he was out there diagnosing no yeah. I should have <laughs> wore that shirt it's not hard to see <laughs> no I just I'm amazed I'm amazed at the brain and I'm amazed yeah. how it works and I think it's really beautiful with people with a label and diagnosis mm-hmm. like that how they work and how they do such wonderful things like you're doing I mean you're you're kicking butt and taking names around this town, and I think it's fantastic. And you're able to, to not upset and double look. So I think that's really cool. So you know, not, not upset look. people while you yeah, do not, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or not upset people, right? So, all right. So we talked about scheduling five groups. Do you, I was going to ask do you have a favorite one, but we're not going to do that. Let's um, not do that. No, I mean, but they're all unless my Jake favorites. wants to do it. I love the floorboards just because we've been together. We've been so there with long. the longest. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love all, I love them all equally. Well, some of these groups they they only play a few times a year, right? Like, uh, they're all playing regularly. The Dark Side project is probably less frequent than the other bands that I play in, but we're doing I don't know four to six gigs a year. Probably. And that's just the Pink Floyd stuff. Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. Or is it? Or is it? It's just- we do we do Dark Side. We do Animals. We do the Wall, and we're working on um, some new material. I forget which record. But uh, we're gonna pick. We normally will do two rec, two full albums per show. That's awesome, man. Two albums a show. Mm-hmm. So we lately we've been doing um, wow, Dark Side sets. of the Moon and um, Animals. Okay, that's really really cool. That it is, is cool. It's cool. been a lot of fun. How often do you guys, or how often does it come up that you should change that? Uh, often enough. Okay, <laughs> um, but really, like, how many Pink Floyd albums are there? There's, there aren't know. that many. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, if, you, if, if you're talking about um, Roger Waters in the band, there just aren't that many Pink right. Floyd records. Well, there's a, it's a specific niche of people that like that music, right. though, too. Right. You know, so. I think playing Dark Side of the Moon is something that people just come and see over and over. I mean, as you can see yeah, on, our, they've had our wall, yeah. Yeah. on my wall, I did it. So with my, my old group, House of Schmidt, and it was mm-hmm. it, it was amazing. Yeah. it's a, As a bass player, it's really fun because the bass lines are so simple. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it, I have to really discipline myself not to play a bunch of in in between. Uh, yeah, just a bunch of embellishments. Yeah, and I just yeah. play super simply with God, that. God, it's a it's a beautiful album. It and really I still, is. And I I didn't hear it when I played it. Uh, I had not heard it before, so this was back in 2016. And you I, had not heard Dark Side of the Moon. I had heard bits and pieces of it, not not in its entirety. Okay. So, um, and I didn't realize the storytelling behind the whole thing, mm-hmm. and like. I, I realized in well while I was playing it that like there were a lot of groups back in the '90s and '80s that did tell a story with their with their record making, right? And I just don't see that anymore. Mm. And uh, I think it's really beautiful. Yeah, it's like one of the best albums ever made. Oh yeah, but like you know, on so many so many different levels. Guys, mm. I think Jake was going to come across the table and hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, you know, no, no. no it's it, we've talked about this before where people assume that you've heard like like that pink floyd right, i didn't sure. hear it till i was late in the game i was late in the game and i did it the way you're supposed to do it before i refrain from saying here <laughs> <laughs> and it was very late in the game for me because i'm a hip-hop dude or right. that's what i was initially into yeah so when you know when people are like oh you haven't heard this leonard skinner album or you haven't heard this pink floyd album and i'm like no but i was listening to fat boys and roller skating we right. all come from different places yeah sure but uh eventually in enough time it all 
it'll show up. I mean, yeah, it's hard to get through life without listening. Well, to I think them. it's really sure. cool that you just play albums, you know. Mm-hmm. And so there's not many groups that I know of around here that are doing that. Are you doing that sort of with the Dead Reckoning, or are you just playing? No, the, the Dead Reckoning is just a. It's we have uh, somewhere around 120 songs in the repertoire at this point. So we oh, try to curate God. a set list per per show. Sure. And not do any, you know, we don't want to repeat anything. Jake, how's your hard drive like with that much material? Dude, I don't know. Honestly, I, I can hardly find my hat <laughs> in the morning. But but with the material, you're good? It, yeah, just it sticks somehow. I don't know how or why. It's, it's going to be related to that. Whole, you know how music can bring back memories and Alzheimer's patients, dementia patients. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah it's, it's, I'm not there yet. Jeremy. No, but it's there. Like, his, <laughs> his brain is wired differently the, than ours. The path. The path. No, it really is. His synopsis is synapses. They're like, they're going crazy. Oh, I could do a whole podcast on this brain, but I, see, oh, there's something it. really beautiful about the, the way your, your mind works. But I used to rely on sheets, like sheet music. Sure. A lot. <clears throat> and I just decided that it just looks dumb on stage to be reading music. That's fair. Um, so I just, I decided just to give it up and memorize everything. And it's way easier and way better. Probably enjoy it a little bit more. Yes, absolutely. Because you're not staring at something. Well, you can be in the song. You can right. be in that moment. Right. I see a lot of, if you're one of these singer songwriter types out here doing your thing with your iPad, um, you have to be, especially if you're working on tip bass. We were talking yeah. a lot about tip bass last time. You have to, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not throwing any shade that way, but no. it's really nice if you know it because you can live it. You just, you cut the, cut the cord. So cut to the speak. cord, be there, but it's yeah. hard depending <clears throat> on which way you I did sure. not do that with my last group. And it will. I, it was, it's hard. It's hard to cut that cord for I sure. Just lost my audio. Oh, I'll fix that. Yeah, got a cable, janky cable or something. Yeah, is that better? You yeah, hear? I got it. So I do. Good to go. Cable. So let's jump gears to the sound guy that just heard his janky audio uh, in my room. Uh, so talk about your your experience behind the soundboard. Um, um so around, I want to say. 99 2000 i started getting into recording um and i started to have a, a lot of musicians over at my over to my house to record all the time and my my um my wife got tired of it <clears throat> so i opened a studio um it was called red room it was in downtown roanoke yep and recorded lots of music there and while i was doing that um, I met up with Bryant Cass, one of the owners at Blue Five, who who needed a sound guy at the time. Yeah. So he brought me in. I started doing live sound there, and um, from there I went on to work at Jefferson Center, um, where I headed up the uh, audio um, uh, part of the of the music lab, mm-hmm. and um, did a lot of recording <clears throat> and live sound there, and. Uh, Ended up owning another studio um, for a while, and uh, after that, got linked up with a bunch of um, venues in town, including Five Points, where I've been for about the past six years. Oh, man. Yeah. That place is amazing. It is amazing. I was just going to say, it's like, amazing. if you have not been there and you're listening to this podcast, please go. Please yeah. go support it because it's it's local, and they have everything. I mean, yeah. It's just done right. Do you go go ahead and promote it? Like it's you, very. It's a very different kind of a place. It is. Um, it's a, it's an old church. Um, the 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 guy who runs and owns it, Tyler Godsey, got into this church about six years ago, and um, just through the years, we have converted it into a really state of the art music venue with great sound. And uh, one of the things we do there is we. Um, we talk about hearing loss advocacy and we try to to create a, uh, an environment where people can come and hear live music and not have their eardrums, you know, damaged mm-hmm. and their hearing damaged. And that's one of the big things that we we focus on and, and talk about there is um, inclusion and um, hearing loss advocacy and just uh, becoming a place where any literally anyone can come and and uh enjoy live music and be a part of things mm. it's it's so nice so we played there once and i felt like i was taking a step back on tour because everything's so really professionally done i mean you the know? light show was amazing yeah the lights there. are great in there. uh the sound was perfection uh, i mean and we, i mean we that, try hard 
Well, it's a small room, and I think small rooms, even with high ceilings, are hard. I am a novice when it comes to running. It's not a DJ. And it, a little it, bit, but. That room will hold, uh, pre-COVID, our cap was 275. So it's it's small, but it's not It's not you small. Know, it's tiny. not tiny. No, you're, you're right. No, yeah. but I, but you think of a church. So like, right. It, you think of echoes and yeah. organs. and mm-hmm. I mean, and you still got uh, those regular. I mean, those are the real organ pipes still. There is no pipe organ in that building. There wasn't. Uh, there might have. There may have been at some time, but there's no pipes or organ in the building. Oh, it looks like in one of the areas there could, could been, be. Could have been. Yeah. So you guys took that out. Yeah, it's it's that that's all been. And gone. you guys are all upstairs, second floor too, right? Um, with, as far as production goes, yeah. yeah, we're on the mezzanine level, but we also wander around with tablets, mm. so that we can listen from various points. Do in you the room. like that? I do like it, other than um, people thinking that you're just playing with your phone uh, in the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people just aren't hip to the whole, like, t- tablet-based mixing thing, and they don't uh-huh. know what you're doing. Yeah. Well, I, I've, I've heard a lot of sound guys, they, they miss the old analog days. I miss analog. I really do, but I do not miss all of the stuff, all of the crap that you got to hook the power amps and the racks of stuff. Um, I mean... As a recording guy, I, pu- I put a lot of value on analog, but I don't. I don't miss all the racks of stuff and hundreds of pounds of crap you got to carry around. Can't mm. imagine. <clears throat> yeah, digital is is here to stay. There's no going back to did, analog. Did you guys? I know we're gonna air in uh, in September this, but are, did you guys just put a new sound system? Yes, there? Um, we just installed flown line arrays in the room, which is huge for us. And flu subs, cardioid subs in the room, so it's a whole it's a whole different thing in there now. Were, were you when, able to be a part of that process? Yeah, Good mm-hmm. for you, man. When yep. did that happen? Um, recently, um, Tyler secured a a grant that allowed him to upgrade a lot of the equipment and infrastructure in the in the venue. And Was we, it after I played there? Yes. Okay. Yeah, cool. a few weeks. Yeah, ago. we didn't have those. We've just okay. done a couple of shows with these new speakers, okay. which are RCF, like Italian, great, you know, like boutique level right. stuff. But uh, where were we? Oh yeah, um, he he ordered the gear like a year ago, and oh. it, it just the supply chain stuff being what it was, it took a long time to get it in. That's fantastic! Mm-hmm. I can't wait to come out and uh, yeah, and hear hear the new stuff. Everything honest. is just so professionally done there. We tried. I really want to throw that. I showed up and I'm like, I felt like I'm back on tour again. Like there's, there were times, and obviously they weren't met to a T, but times there were the functions happening. Mm-hmm. You showed up, you did your thing, and you went and hung out, and then you played, and then you hung out a little. It's just so well done. So it's just a step above the standard club. Well, and I appreciated it a whole lot. <coughs> there's a house photographer. Yeah, Cloud Bobby is mm-hmm. there. I mean, you got your house. I, oh yeah, the house light guy <laughs> yeah. too. So he runs the, and makes the all. There's an LD. Uh, at every show there's um, a lot of the time there's a monitor engineer and a front of house speaker engineer so I mean we just like we want to we want to to create a comfortable environment for musicians Mm -hmm. you know where they can come and play and feel comfortable and not feel like they're fighting the clock or you know like fighting Mm -hmm. to get a good mix where you can just go on stage and play and everything happens seamlessly well, my first experience with you and I, I told we talked about this pre pre show was <laughs> I got up on stage as a fan to help Jeremy take off and I was I looked you were coming to help too and I, I looked at you and I was like, Hey, do you mind if I'm up on stage helping? You were like, No, not at all. Thank you so much. <laughs> and like most sound guys that I've worked with are, are very particular about yeah. you know, touching their sound equipment and right. helping out and you just said, yeah, and it, I guess you just trusted the fact that it, maybe I actually knew what I was doing. Well, you cut things. my time and stage on half, dude. Yeah, so I, well, <laughs> it was cool. Yeah, so, no, and I appreciate that. There there does come a, um, I guess there's, there, there is something to be said about the kindness of a, yeah. of a sound guy and a, and a sound engineer, uh, and it makes it easier for us to, to, to work with that are right. on stage, so. Mm-hmm. You have uh, any- I think a lot of production people have, like, like, um, have a tendency to be abrasive in the interest of making things happen. <clears throat> and I sort of take an opposite approach to that. Well, I like your approach. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so talk about the do's and the don'ts uh, that you might want to talk about um, 
about others about being a sound engineer and being a band member. So, <laughs> um, as far like uh, as far as like as a <clears throat> am I talking? Am I speaking to musicians or other sound engineers here? Both. So you do one uh, with sound and do one with bands. What would you prefer? I, I think as? you catch a lot more flies with honey than vinegar. Like as we we were just talking about, yeah. you know, like be supportive. Just be supportive, be friendly, be welcoming. As a sound guy. Be helpful. Yeah. Yeah, as a sound guy. Um, do whatever you can to make the people who are there to play feel good about it, whether you want to or not. You know, smile, shake hands. I mean, to, be, um, to be quite honest, you could say that in the other direction. You absolutely. Let the musicians yeah, sure. know that, sure. that sound guys, they know you're a musician. They know. Yeah. <laughs> they know sure. you probably ask some weird things, yeah. but only so weird. But you um, could almost say it identically. Yeah, we could, be, the other we could be a little bit more patient with them, you know, while they're uh, doing their stuff too. And, and uh, subtractive EQ, look into that. Um, learn subtractive EQ. It helps. Everything in a mix needs a place to live. Um, and it, it, musicians just don't, you know, like don't play so loud. <laughs> don't be so loud. <laughs> there it is. It comes out. Yeah. Just don't play, play to so the room. Loud. Play yeah. to the room. Uh, play to the room is a uh, man. That could should be, be that common could be a, sense. Could be. It should be. A, how, as you grow older, I think it makes more, it becomes more intrinsic. Yeah. You just do it. Yeah. When you, when you see people leaving your gig, you ask yourself, is that because of that crash symbol that I'm in love with right now? Right. Is that because yeah. he keeps turning the volume up for every solo? Right. Um, and you're not concerned with that in the early days. If you are, if you're one of these young musicians that are Should be. You are ahead of the game. Yeah, I wasn't. It was self-disclosure. I, I wasn't. And now I find myself like making choices based on mm-hmm. what what I'm feeling these people are hearing more than even if I if I like the way this symbol sounds on this section or, or whatever. I'm like, ah, it's just too right. loud in here. Yeah. It's just too damn loud. And in here. As a musician on stage, you can hear everything so much easily, so much more easily if, if your volume level for the room is appropriate and your dynamics mm-hmm. are appropriate. Mm-hmm. You know when to be loud and you know when to be soft. Yeah. And it's also difficult to play soft. Mm-hmm. It is difficult. Right. It yes. takes more. Absolutely. More training, more, more experience to actually play something in a timid way. I don't mm-hmm. want to use the word timid, but just gentle. Right. right. Um, what's the Italian word for that, Jeremy? Soft nudo? Pianissimo. <laughs> soft anudo. Soft anudo. On today's uh, podcast, our drink is soft anudo. Yeah. Uh, sounds like a drink to deliciously me. Deliciously quiet. Yeah, that's all I got. But it, it is, it's, it's very hard. Well, a lot of people equate energy with volume, and I think that's an important Man, that's thing to so unlearn. that's so true. Yeah. Oh. yeah. You yeah, need yeah, to yeah. unlearn that. Yeah. It takes, um, again, I'm broken record right now, time and experience to play with intensity, but to play softly. Yeah. Is that takes time? Like look at like Ornette Coleman. You sure. Know? Mm-hmm. He played with so much intensity, but a whisper sometimes. Mm-hmm. If you know, if you if you're in a room that holds forty five people and you're playing with a three piece, let that guide some of your musical sure. choices. It yeah. could be instrument choices. It could be musical choices. It could be all kind. Of, let that, and that has nothing to do with your sharps, your flats, your scales, your modes, your Absolutely. rhythms, your context, your chemistry. It's like if you were them. What would you do? Ask yourself that question. Yeah. From time mm-hmm. Anyway, that's a can of worms that uh, I find myself yeah. teaching a lot to students these Just days. Don't be so loud. And it comes down to that. Shh. No, I mean, listen. He answered the question perfectly. Do you have anything else you want to add to oh, either a sound guy or a band no. guy? That's that's all I've got. No, I think it's wonderful. Uh, <clears throat> I I mean, I wrote down. I I haven't heard the energy. I mean, I, I've seen it. The energy. Like, typically is uh, paralleled with the with, with vo- the, yeah with people volume. equate energy with volume and that's yeah. an important thing to unlearn I think I I want to go learn what subtractive EQ is you though. know just just to play uh, just because it popped in my head just to play DA devil's advocate mm-hmm. if you're the Foo Fighters sure be the Foo Fighters right but if you're not right just know that I'm not gonna or say don't know. don't be the Foo. I'm gonna say know the difference I grew up at punk shows and like yeah man there's you know that's loud. Yeah. But what I'm doing now isn't, you know, it doesn't have to be loud. Yeah. Well, you've been in this town for how, how long? Uh, most of my life. So you've played a, a lot of the places around here, I assume, too. Mm-hmm. So my my next question in, involves uh, your thought process and, and your the groups that you play with. Um, 
what are your thoughts on covers versus originals in this town? How well is it received? You know, what, what, what have you noticed over time? Well, you're asking a guy who plays in three tribute bands. Okay. So, so covers are, <laughs> it works, works. Um, people, um, uh, let me see how, uh, let me think about how to say this. Like uh, original music, people want to hear it, but you have to, you have to work them up to it. Spoon, you know? spoon if, you, if you're playing music in this, you know, like you're a local musician in Roanoke and you have a band that just plays all only original music, I think that's great. But you may have, it may be more of a challenge for you to find work and find an audience. Absolutely. So, and, and you know, like as far as play, playing covers, play the covers that you like. Play the music that means something to you and you listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Represent. Uh, represent yeah. the music. Represent the music. And, you know, like play something that you like so it's not soul crushing. You know, like you don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, people will follow that because right. they'll follow what you like. Sure. And I just, and they see, you know, like I feel like the energy between a audience and a band is reciprocal. You know, so if, mm-hmm. if you're having a good time on stage, that just translates to the people out in the audience. Yeah, I you're sharing something. Yeah. Well, we've had lots of our other guests talk about that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, one in particular, you know, uh, Jerome Clayner talked about this quite a bit about how, you know, you're there and your job is to to entertain mm-hmm. and you either entertain with your covers and you do it well, or you entertain right. with your, your originals and you, you sure. do it well. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And the, a lot of the bands I play in do, we do play a lot of original music, but it, there are always covers mixed in. Let me, add, let me add this to that equation. When you do a cover, do you feel it should be as close to identical or re, uh, representative of the original or are you more of the creative Liberty type or does, do you have inflow? I would say that depends on context, but personally I don't, play in any any bands besides the pink floyd band that's important to play things like verbatim yeah um everything else you get that cable yeah uh it's uh, any anything else i take full art you know like we'll rearrange things and yeah, play yeah, it yeah. however we feel like playing it i still got no audio sorry man it's good now yeah so like even with dead reckoning like we play things our own way yeah, yeah. I don't think it's any fun just to like regurgitate things unless it's Pink Floyd. Yeah, and then I, you, that's your job. I um, I I, th- I love it when this comes up because I I have an opinion on this and I've never fully shared it and I'm not going to now. I think it's just nice to know that you can have two starkly different opinions about this mm-hmm. and still be friends yeah, and still absolutely. enjoy the art of making music. Because I have like some of my my best friends in the in the area or just my best friends in life. They are like the the challenges. Can we do this? verbatim as you say or can we make this this the sonic just like the record <laughs> yeah just like it yeah to the to the point where they're dialing their pedals in a sure. certain way and that that's still artistic yeah, it's just absolutely. a different venture yeah, absolutely yeah, there's I, value, so much value in that that's just yeah, not so what much. i prefer to do yeah yeah life. and the other side's fun too it's re- they're both fun yeah i love it and i like not knowing what i'm gonna get if i go see mm. whenever i get to go see shows now i'm like what are y'all gonna do and do something oh, right good. It's nice. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, that's the fun. Yeah. yeah. Like jazz. Great, perfect example. Like, perfect one example. One person's arrangement of a tune could sound like a t- totally different song than the next. You were you were even saying uh, pre-show that you, you really enjoyed just the um, impromptuness. Absolutely. Yeah, I love I love impro- improvisationally based music. It's what I've always done, and it's what I love. You know, we, we didn't really get into, and I we typically kind of start this, but where, where did your journey with music start? Uh, well, my dad is a great musician. His name is Paul Dempsey. You can look him up. Um, he is, he's a great artist. Uh, that's what he's doing. Mostly fine art and graphic design and illustration now, but there were always guitars around. Um, and I started plunking on those when I was a little kid. And then when I was like 11 or 12, I heard Iron Maiden and saw Bruce Dickinson play bass. I just had to do that. I was like running around my room with a broom, you know, pretending I was Bruce Dickinson. And I just, I, I knew, for, you know, like, so from there I, um, I joined the Andrew Lewis, uh, jazz ensemble and Jim Paxton, the guy there who was, uh, the instructor there at the time kind of took me under his wing and she 
help me learn to read music and help me help show me a little bit of bass. And since then, I've yeah. So I don't know, eleven, twelve years old. Good for you, man. And you've yeah. been playing ever since. Oh yeah. Now, do you play guitar as well, or do no. you just prefer bass? No, I mean poorly. <laughs> I play a bunch of instruments poorly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's there's something really beautiful about just owning your craft and just keeping yeah. it and just doing it well. We were talking about last week with Jody. Like Jody doesn't really dabble in other instruments, but when he, the way he touches his guitar, it's just you know that's what he does most mm-hmm. of the time. And it's that's said with indifference as well, but just impre- appreciating the fact that that's. I mean, I, I dabble in too many things, and when he well, you're when, you're a different kind of animal. Well, but he, when he plays, it's like. Oh, it's just so tasty. Yeah. It's like you're cooking the same sandwich every day. You're just mm-hmm. really good at it. It's right. always. You know. Sure. Anyway. That's, that's a good, good uh, analogy. The food. I'll, man, yeah. you can take music and food mm-hmm. and do lots of things. Music and language. Yep. Music <clears> and food. Yeah. Is there another one? We've been in lessons a lot talking about. We, what's <laughs> we talked about music and culture a lot, too. Music mm-hmm. and culture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just a mirror. Yeah. The Spanish language and their uh, music. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 literally, it just mirrors itself. Yeah. Anyway, I love those analogies. I find yeah. they they're really helpful. Yeah. For advanced students, mm-hmm. I find I get a, a lot of students. Do you teach at all, Jake? Yeah. You get students that are actually pretty damn good, but there's a certain artistic plateau that they may they just they don't feel okay being themselves in a way. I hope I'm putting this together. They're just they're waiting on to be told what to play next. Yes. And I'm like, all right, let's talk about how you can just play. Right. And just give you license. Let's open up the door. Let's mm-hmm. cross the bridge. Whatever it may be. Right. And I think well, that happens. Hard to, they're they're um they're afraid to be creative. I think. Yeah. You know, they're afraid to just like be themselves. Right. Right. Um, you know. Well, there is a sense of identity to yeah. what we do too. Absolutely. You know? I mean, you're a bass player. You know that. You love it, mm-hmm. and you're gonna do it, right? You know. And yeah. For 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 some of us, including myself, like I know that it's taken me a while to just redefine that journey. Mm-hmm. You know and. Mm-hmm. It, it, it can be hard for people to express themselves. Yeah. Like, that, you, that, just in general. Yeah. yeah. And so musically, I think, you know, it's just like having a conversation. It is. Yeah. I, I use that one a lot. It I think is, it's yeah. really helpful. It is a language. But all that said, like I, like I said, I, I dabble a lot. It's really nice. Uh, and like when I, I've seen you play. Now I know that you, you don't dabble. You just told us. But when I watch Jody and there's some other guys around, it, sometimes it makes me wish I didn't goof around so much. Goof around like just playing so many things. Like, let me try this. Let me try this. Well, some people but, can do that. Yeah, I You're know. One of them. I know. I know. But <clears throat> I really appreciate it because then my, you know my basement would be a lot cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking um, on the realm of you being a bass player, talk talk about since Jeremy and our drummers talk about the importance of uh, syncing um, singing those rhythms with a. Uh, with your drummer, this has never happened, and especially performing with multiple groups. I mean, you're playing. I don't. I don't know. So if you play yeah. with multiple, I assume you play with multiple drummers, but you might not. So oh, I do. So this is never. This has never happened. What this, this question? Time. I know. I've been. I've been growing. I've been growing. Well, no, I just like the podcast, like the bass player drummer thing, because we approach this rhythmically. Right? We do. We would, um, or at least multi instrumental, from that that vantage point, but. There's a lot of conversation to be had yeah. about your bass player and your drummer. Do you lock yeah. with the kick? Do you not lock with the kick? <clears throat> well, uh, and many, many other things. So just give us your perspective on that. One of the bands I play in has two drummers playing full kit. <laughs> the, the Dead Reckoning, the yeah. Grateful Dead music. So they're sure. two drummers. And um, sometimes it feels like um, being in front of like a steam engine. It's great. Sometimes it feels like pots and pans falling down the stairs. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I just really had a visual image of a bunch yeah. of pots and pans falling down the stairs. That's, I mean, <laughs> now we see how dude, your mind works. One of those drummers and, or me, you know, if I get off kilter with them, it, it goes downhill fast. But yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, as far as like playing along, like syncing with the kick drum, you can sync with the kick drum while not playing the same notes as the kick drum. It's syncopation. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I've been watching this dude, this dude on YouTube. I forget his name, but he's like, he has all these videos of like the best example of this baseline or this baseline, and so much of it, like the kick and the bass are not, you know, like lines totally lining up with each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, <clears throat> I don't know. That's a hard answer. That's a hard question for it me is, to answer. It is a hard question. Yeah. Um, well, I just, was more. It in... needs to feel good. Yeah, but you play with multiple guys yeah. too, so you you have to. To figure out that mm-hmm. chemistry between the, you yeah. and them as well. Yeah, I mean, I think there's like, uh, 
um, expectations of a bass player and a drummer. So, like, you yeah. come into a situation sort of knowing what's expected of you and what to do. You have to, if, if I can speak to this, because I actually, I love, this is one thing I am pretty, uh, I, I love when the kick drum and the bass lines up. I don't have to have it. I want right. to be really clear about that. Every time you're doing pickup gigs or playing improvisational mm-hmm. music, what what you're doing, you have to. You got to find a. You have to come to an agreement. Right. You got to find the home base. And that agreement can yeah. change, but the idea of agreement needs to be in the air the mm-hmm. entire time. Yeah, sure. And if you're sure. disagreeing at one point, you're like, should sure. we agree right now? Let's yeah. agree. Let's not, because disagreeing is okay. You're absolutely if right. If you can do it amicably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally right. Uh, yeah. There are a lot of examples of where the kick drum and bass doesn't line up. You yeah, know, as and you, you know, and you don't have to have yeah. it. Um, and I'm, and I'm guilty of going, <laughs> of just you know getting a little whimsical. I'm like, I don't know how many times I've played this song. I'm probably messing up right now. Am I messing yeah. up? And I ask my bass player, right? Not literally. Right. I ask with the glance, and mm-hmm. he's like, Oh yeah, but I like it. So we're in agreement. Sure. So it, <laughs> it comes down to that. But I know people that work uh, on both sides of that. They're like, Nope. No nope. stink eye. You oh. either get the stink eye or the the good stink eye or the bad stink eye. <laughs> what? I love to, it. To chime in, I know guys that that that's all they put in their ears is just drums and bass. Yeah, it, and that's it. They don't even listen mm-hmm. to anything else. And so I've I've always found that question to be interesting because uh, I've only played with a handful of of bass bass players myself. You know, I've only been in a few groups. So like. It, I think it's important to ask because you know you're you're so well versed in playing with multiple groups, but you you have a set things that you're 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 used to. I mean, you just said 105 songs. I mean, with your uh, Dead Reckoning, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't, my my mind's still blown by that. So like, you you guys have to know that. Yeah. So before you get on stage, um, yeah. I mean, I think uh, you you approach uh, every gig. Uh, you know, hopefully, <clears throat> you kind of have uh, an idea of what to do, you know, before you get there. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what practice is for. Right. Right. Do you, so that kind of brings me to my next question. Um, music appears to be a way of life for you other than your family. Talk about the balance. It's the balance and the sacrifices that you've made, uh, especially with your family. Um, I, uh, I used to play a lot, lots of road gigs, like over a hundred a year. Um, and my first kid came along and that, you know, like, my daughter Ella, fifteen years ago, she was born, and I took less road gigs. <laughs> started picking up more local gigs, and then the second one, the second my my son Miles, who's ten years old now, like he came along, and I took even less road gigs because mm. it's just hard to be a dad and and uh, be on the road. It, just, it doesn't work for me. So now. Um, I do I do some traveling for gigs and stuff, but it's like, you know it's like a couple of times a month, and m- the rest of the time I'm playing locally or regionally, you know mm-hmm. where I can where I can get home and sleep in my own bed at the end of the day. Do you do you miss the road travel? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, never yeah, rode, yes I mean, and no. I've never road traveled, so I I don't have anything to compare it to. It, it's know. fun. It's an adventure, you know, like you with with your buddies on tour <laughs> in the back of a. Astro van with a <laughs> with a hi hat stand jabbing you in the ribs, sleeping <laughs> on floors, eating bad food, playing playing these ridiculous venues every night. It's a lot of fun, and it's a it's an adventurous lifestyle. But I'm 45, you know, I don't do yeah. that anymore. Yeah, it's a chase. Yeah, and uh, you know, it, uh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful it is. chase. It, can, it, it comes can a point be. you can't do it. So much fun. It's educational as well, as mm-hmm. fun as it is. It's also hard. It's also educational. Yeah. And you learn you learn a lot about not just about music, about yeah. yourself, so about working with other people. Yeah. I'm I'm playing within a three hour radius these days. I'm not on the road that much at all. So I just want to be home with my kids. So you're not staying overnight. I mean, sometimes. I do sometimes, yeah. but not you know. Now I'm not doing any touring or anything lately. Good mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. Um, this is a great time to tell this story. You were mentioned on the podcast and I think I've, I think every now and then Jake and I will message. It's like yeah. every like seven, eight months. I look, <laughs> I look forward to always look forward to seeing you, man. You're one of my favorites. Oh, thanks, man. It's the truth. I appreciate, I appreciate that. Well, and likewise, uh, cause we've never played together. We had Brian Holt on here and we Brian should, and I were like, we should change that. Together. Yeah. Work that out somehow. Yep. 
who's going to work it out? You or me? Travis? I'll call you. Okay. Um, <laughs> but um, when I got you tickets to see Stomp and Roanoke, uh-huh. um, uh, you guys got to come see the show. It was fun. And we, we talked a little bit afterwards. And um, I was speaking to how I had just had my Ella uh-huh. a couple of years. And it, it was getting hard for me. Yep. And I was traveling uh, bad, a, a, a bad road. And, and we didn't, I didn't go into such great detail with you. But I mentioned you on the podcast. Do you know what episode? You, you remember everything. Who are we talking? I I spoke about Jake. So we're talking about traveling as we get older to play. Yeah, right. we talked about that with Brian Holt. Brian Holt was it Brian Holt? Yeah. And, and you know, I was having a hard time coming to the conclusion that I needed to quit, and it wasn't quite the time to quit for various reasons. But uh, I don't know if you remember this, but you told me he's like, you know, that's it, it's really commendable that you want to leave because you got a daughter at home, mm-hmm. relationship things are getting tough, right? And you said, but at the same time you wouldn't want your daughter to think yeah. that you quit for her. Mm-hmm. So just really think it through. And I don't know if I, I'm telling you this now, mm-hmm. but because I've already told someone else's story that I was like, I needed to hear that because <clears throat> it really, it actually helped straighten me up in a few ways that I won't disclose here. I'm like, you know what? He's <clears throat> right. Because I, th- I don't want to put that burden on her. She's going right. to grow up. And this is what you said. She's going to grow up and she, you don't want her to think that you quit for her. Not only that, but you want your kids to feel like um, they should, they can go after stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's and it it went down there. It went down that road too. You're like, yeah, "Yeah, you want to, you know, show them what you can do. Right. And uh, just last night, the dude sent me a video, a good friend of mine named Artis, who just, this was his last show with Stomp, I guess a few weeks ago. And uh, I coached him through a couple of these roles. He sent me a video. I don't really want to go watch Stomp videos for the last year. Right. I, I know it fairly well, but. He wanted me to see it, and I'm <clears throat> at that point in time, I was over it. And now I'm seeing how you leave a little bit behind for other people. So I pull that up, and I'm watching it, and my daughter runs up the stairs into our attic, and she goes, oh, Dada, is this you? And I was like, no, 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 no. This is my friend. She goes, you are really good. My six-year-old daughter and ran yeah. down the steps, and I was like, that's cool. Not that I need the validation from her, but yeah. you were coming on the podcast today, and I'm like, you know what? I can't wait to talk about this. But thank you for those words of wisdom. I, oh, ne- I needed them. I was in a, I was getting dark, and I was like, man, I've been there, man. <laughs> I've but came, it helped. You know, I went through that myself. Yeah. Um, and they really watch you. You know, they your, watch everything. Your babies, they they know what you're doing, and mm-hmm. they pay attention. It's beautiful, though. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's so beautiful. Yeah. I I love that Cora comes down here and wants. Mm-hmm. Wants to play drums the other yeah. day. The other day she came down here, and no one was down here. Goes where boys at? Where boys at? So yeah. she'll come down here. Where, where's all the Where's all the guys? She's very sweet. Thank you, thank you. Where she's she's a doll man. So I mean, and they're they're a blessing. And you know, um, do do your kids come out to your shows? Sometimes. I mean, my 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 daughter now. Like I try to help her with stuff. Um, she's 15 and she's 15 and she's like whatever dad <laughs> whatever like whatever like i've become lame dad which i love i'm per- perfectly comfortable with that but i can't tell her anything music related oh man i think you're you're our third guest so we've had brian holt who's a parent and then um uh dan dan keely was our last guest who parented uh, another one of our guests mm-hmm. i mean there might be some that we don't know yeah that's jo- true too. Jo- jody's a parent yeah or that's that's right. they don't know about so, <laughs> yeah, that's goes. true too so uh mm-hmm. and those those questions are important because uh i think our younger listeners need to hear yeah um the experiences that we have but like that's the other thing is like this guy's also playing a lot and has kids and so there is a balance yeah. and there is a compromise well we want our kids to you know like we want to we want to be an example for our children you know and i don't want my kids to think that um <clears throat> any of their goals are unrealistic i yeah. want them to yeah. be able to yeah, go yeah. after that shit and yeah. do it if, if that's what they want to do and yeah and help them along the way even if they resist every ounce of help you give them right you want to let them know what you yeah. how you did it yeah if you did it yeah, good, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yep. So my final question to most of our guests um, is is financial. and um, <laughs> we, So comment on the financial importance uh, for playing and running sound. I mean, it's pretty much life. I mean, I pretty much. it's. I mean, that's my only source of income is uh, production work and playing, playing bass. Is he? So do I make a lot of money? No. Um, I make a living. Mm-hmm. Um, my family and I are 
comfortable. We don't have, uh, you know, we pay our bills every month. We, we live in a nice house. Yeah. Um, it's not easy. <clears throat> it's not easy for most people, but you can do it. So I don't know where to go. So we do that too. Um, is it, do you think it's going to be worth it in the long run still? Well, for me, honestly, it is. Jeremy, this is all I know how to do, man. Yeah. What am I going to do? I'm a bad employee. <laughs> you know, I've been fired from so many jobs. I'm not good at. What do you, what do you get fired for? Uh, just not giving a shit. <laughs> so this is the only thing you care that much about. I mean, it's just the only thing I can focus on enough to yeah. do it well. Yeah. Yeah. You I know? get it. I get that. Dude, I think that's really profound that you said that though because one you know yourself and two you you know what you're good at and like you're you're doing it and you're also making a living and supporting your family and so like I'm, well my I, wife is uh she's a biologist and she she has a um you know like a normal regular people job <laughs> so there's two of us working you yeah. i would say and i'm i'm learning this uh because i i'm a special ed- educational teacher by mm-hmm. day and then musician and that's po- great podcaster by night but <laughs> but but my uh i i really find value in in people saying saying the the word normal mm-hmm. it i think what you do is normal and i think sure. it's normal for you in a sense and i think it's really cool that you do that and there's a, there's a part of me that's like hey this guy's gone and toured and been out i haven't gotten that experience i'm not envious or upset or angry about that but like i think there's there's something to be said that you do this and you do it well and people want you and people want you to to, to come over and and do more and i think well, that's really th- cool thank you for saying that yeah man um yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, this is all I know how to do, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> well, you must yeah. do it damn well. So, Well, he does. So. He does. You know, we all have these people when we show up to gigs, we're happy that they're there. Yeah, absolutely. I hope no one takes offense, you know. I can see people taking offense because I, I love when Marshall's on my gigs, taking my offense, Lolo gigs. Taking offense to what? Well, just saying favorites. There's a, there's a lot of, uh, I think there's a, a world that is... Uh, against favoritism i these think days. opinions any opinion can be just frowned upon and, sure and, and you have to speak with such intention and precision of language these days as to not yeah. offend people but people are very easily offended <clears throat> and you should know like if i if i mentioned my favorite or somebody mentioned a favorite, it, should, it actually might not be my literal favorite it just you know there are people i show up at gigs i'm like yes you know, yeah. it's just like seeing your friend, but maybe right. it's in a work environment. So, but yeah, Jake, you're on that list, and it's it's rare that it happens. Thanks, buddy. But, well, the realism um, is is that we do pick favorites. We do. We have, and that's okay. Yeah, and well, that's okay. People who are easy to get along with, that sort of takes precedent with me. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Somebody can play, be able to like play their ass off, but if they're a jerk, then I, you know, I don't really care. I don't care. Yeah. There's so many of you guys yeah. that can just blaze all of us. That's great. I and mean, you just play so well. Do it. You got to be a do it. Good human being. <laughs> you have to. You have to first. <laughs> you really do. It's and and you know what? There are a lot of us in this town, and that's what I think Jeremy and I are trying to expose. Yes. Yeah. A Tons. lot of solid players, but they're just really good people that want to tell a mm-hmm. story too and that's really neat so um there are so many ways to approach the to approach music as a career not just are you an educator are you a mm-hmm. engineer or are you an entertainer right hey, they all start with e i think e. we're on to something wow so you can you can be more than one of these things or you can just do one of those things you can play multiple instruments but you have to be able to work with people right and it is possible to treat it as a profession Absolutely. and to be successful yeah I mean, it's, it's imperative it's imperative yeah you you have to um be willing to do the work right and that word the word work is ambiguous there it's a different types of work you make sure you make sure you can play mm-hmm. make sure you can communicate with people make sure you can organize your calendar Make sure you can organize your calendar. Share that Google calendar. May don't be afraid of your weak spots. If you know, you know, like right. always make a little progress. Always be working all the always time. Always be working. Yep. I gotta ask about the calendar. I have to. Do you like put on your calendar family time, and then the, everybody sees family time, and they're like, okay. No, I, I'll just put like Jake off. Good Jake for you. out. You know, like I'm unavailable. We have mm-hmm. the way I do it and you know, like it's a great organizational setup is um like within Google Calendar you can color code things. Yep. So green is gigs, uh, gray is uh off, um, you know, like orange is holds, 
You know what I'm saying? So that as long as you have your uh, phone synced to that calendar, you can immediately see what's going on, yep. what it is. And yeah, it's mm. fantastic. Yeah, it's good. If, if I didn't have that, I, I wouldn't be. I don't think I would be playing. I got five bands at least. Mine is like modestly accurate. <laughs> yeah. I, if I don't physically do it, you're probably better at like remembering things. Uh, <laughs> okay. So whoever listens to this, there's, I know about nine people that have been, uh, you, Your wife is probably one of them, right? Well, I'm, I'm not. No. No. I'm actually, <laughs> I, I've, I'm sharp there because I think she has a tendency to think I'm a little disorganized. I'm yeah. actually not. We all are. I'm not that bad. But I just don't want everybody knowing everything. Sure. I feel some kind of way about yeah. it. And it might be completely I, mean, I just put off. Invalid. You know, I'm off. Yeah. Not available. Yeah, I love that all the groups get to see that too. <laughs> they get to see what you're doing. I'm doing this. Um, yeah, I know JD would like it if I had absolutely everything on my calendar. Yeah, because I don't. I'm not so. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I don't send messages back as quickly as I should, and it's not because I, I don't want to. It's because there's another message that I will answer, and then another message, mm-hmm. and my brain will say, "You just answered two messages. That's right. enough of the phone." Yeah, I only do it, it like I said, because I will forget that I'm booked. I will book a date, and if I don't put it in my calendar right then when I book it, I will forget about it, and then I'll book another date on the same date. And so I just have to stay really on top of it. Yeah. It's a challenge, but like I said, you got to grow. Got to grow. You got to grow. So at this point in the podcast, Mm -hmm. uh, we call this the buddy gauntlet. Okay. And Jeremy's going to ask you three questions. Okay. Uh, that were not sent to you prior to give you a little idea of what we're going to talk about. But, um, hey, I just had a thought. Go ahead. I never get to press a button. We'll Do it. Which one? Not the wah-wah button. <laughs> not, not the red one. Oh, the Lord. buddy gauntlet. The buddy gauntlet. <laughs> perfect. perfect. Um, your top three influences. Top three. top three musical influences. You cannot say four or five. You okay, top three. okay, okay. I like to watch okay. people fight okay. themselves with Jesus. This. Number one, <laughs> John it. Coltrane. Ooh. Number one. Number two. Man, this is hard. Yeah, uh, it's Phil Lesh. Okay. Number three. Quite the contrast there. Yeah. Well, I mean. I love it. Uh, if you listen. But anyway, number three. Uh, <laughs> Miles Davis, I guess. I don't. I've had to pick a, a number three. I had to pick one bass player. Okay. <clears throat> your number one, your tip top non musical influence. Non musical influence? Yeah. It can, it, which can influence your music or just influence your life, like how you my approach children, your day. My kids. People. Like you haven't listened to the podcast, so people are getting better at answering these they questions. They really are, and without and he, even listening. Yeah, and it used to be people used to be like, "What?" Anyway, poor Laura Quadrados struggled so. I got to listen to it. Hers just came out today. Um, as I get older, I enjoy um, pulling influence for my music from things that are not musical. Mm-hmm. And we all do this, sure. Right? But as I get older, I'm seeing just how important that really mm-hmm. is. And it's a really beautiful. So thing. much truth to that. I'm loving it. Loving it. I don't find myself listening to a lot of new music. All the, I try to. Sometimes I'll just get on a, I like Apple mm-hmm. Music and be like, what's out today? And I'll just <laughs> flip through. I played some gigs with um, Wayne Krantz years ago. You mm-hmm. know Wayne Krantz? Mm-hmm. Guitar player from yeah. New York. Absolutely monstrous <laughs> guitar player. Um, and he said that he just didn't listen to music. He's like one of the best guitar players on earth, but he just never listened to, he just didn't listen to music. When you take that, I guess you could call it a hiatus of sorts, but you still continue the craft. I yeah. think what comes out, obviously, obviously it's the blend of your prior influences, mm-hmm. but a little bit of you gets to come out. Sure. A little more of you, yeah. I should say. Last question. Name uh-huh. one opinion for you that you used to be dead set on. One opinion. One opinion for you used to be dead on that is now different. You changed Jesus, your mind. That's a tough one because there are so many. I change. I change my mind. I love to hear that daily. Yeah. Okay. Um, I used to hate anything that involved coconut, and now I love everything coconut. <laughs> I love that. Coconuts. I love coconuts. I used to hate them. Um, I like them a lot now, and I used I to hate them. them. I wouldn't say I love. I would. I hadn't taken a one eighty with coconuts. Love them. Hey, there's a song called Coconuts. Look it up. 
Is it that widespread panic song? Nope. Oh, okay. He sent it to me. I know exactly which <laughs> coconut song he's talking about. <laughs> the song called Coconut. Jake, I, I hope that I get the opportunity to play with you one day. Yeah, You've sure. Absolutely awesome. I mean, maybe so, we got a trio going here right let's now. Let's do it. Let's do it. I, I can't play. I can play drums. You play drums. I play guitar. You play lots of things. I know I do. I, I play. I do. Jake, um, what are we playing? I don't even know what song. Jake, we're you wanted to pick a song from the floorboards, right? Um, um, yeah. Which one did you want to do? Lee Highway. Lee Highway, the single. Yeah. Let me say this. I and but I, you know, not to toot my own horn, but toot it. We we <laughs> went down to Mitch Easter's studio in North in uh, Kernersville, North Carolina, and recorded uh, the bass and drums for this on tape. And then everything else we recorded in various locations around Roanoke and Southwest Virginia. And um, so this is something that I mixed and mastered and, and uh, you know, we all created it together. And it was I'm glad you said homegrown. that because I was going to ask you if you did, did the work on this because. Yeah, this, this is, um, I engineered, mixed, and mastered this. And or no, Jake, I didn't master it. A guy named Curtis Plummer in Norfolk mastered it, who's a great mastering engineer, by the way. He has you, a studio called Dragon Ship. Dragon shit? Yeah, you should get him to master all your stuff. Um, and you played bass on it. Yes. Obviously. Yeah. I just wanted to say that it's one of my favorite band names in town. The floorboards. Yeah. Yeah. What lies beneath the floorboards, right? Yep. I love it. The yeah. floorboards. Love it, ladies and gentlemen. Jake Dempsey, uh, really appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you guys. So it's been coming, a lot brother. of fun. This has been awesome. Thank you much. Let's do it again tomorrow. So this is Lee. <laughs> <laughs> this is Lee Highway by the Floorboards, mixed. Uh, Jake Dempsey. Guys, we'll see you later. This is Beats, Brews, and Buddies. Have a good one. Later.
I'm still 